Have you been missing that awkward passing of the offering plate in church? Have you never felt the awkward sensation of donating your pocket money to the offering plate at church? Or the awkward sensation of dropping your quarters and hearing them roll down the floor of the sanctuary? Have we got a digital solution for you? You can help support the Remedial Sunday School podcast through our Patreon, which has a variety of different tiers, including the summer school option where you help offset our SoundCloud hosting costs and buy snack food for the people we rope into helping us edit this, as well as more involved tiers of support where we'll send you random knickknacks, stickers, etc. Who knows? All the details are on our website. Or if you feel led to help caffeinate your remedial Sunday school teachers, we would love you forever. And you can buy us a coffee at the link to buy us a coffee on our website. As always, thank you. You'll be in our hearts. Okay. Welcome back to Remedial Sunday School. Today's episode is entitled WTF is an ARC. Or if you would like to give the full title, What the Fuck is an ARC? I believe it's said in the tone, What the Fuck is an ARC? <laughs> like, what prompted you to ask that question, Jen? Like, which ARC was it in reference to? Obviously. It's in reference to the Indiana Jones one. <laughs> you know, the face-melting kind. The face-melting kind. Yeah. Okay. I've never been quite sure if it was metaphorical for, like, the covenant, the promise, or is it an actual physical object? It's both. Ah, por qué no los dos. Okay. Por qué no los dos. I do want to say that Jen... This mm-hmm. may blow your mind, but right. uh, indeed, the boat came first. Oh, okay, okay. It, it's yes. like the biblical chronology. The yes. boat comes. See, see. Okay, okay. So we have Noah's Ark, mm-hmm. which is in the book of Genesis, the first one. Obviously the best book. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Ark of the Covenant shows up in the book of Exodus, or the second book. Okay. We will start with Noah's Ark. Now, I have downloaded the PDF of the New Oxford Annotated Bible, I think the fourth edition. Is that what you've been working from, Tanya? No. I have the fifth edition. Hold on. Which is fine. I'm sure, I'm sure the Bible hasn't changed that much between the fourth and the fifth edition. This was just what was available for free on archive.org and I wanted to read from the same translation that you were reading from, as opposed to, like, another translation. This is the fifth edition. I mean, you could read whatever translation you want, honestly. We're going to start with New Oxford Annotated Bible with Apocrypha, New Revised Standard Version, 2018. Ah, what a great title. Rolls off the tip of the tongue. Fully revised fourth edition. Oh. Edited by Michael D. Coogan. I think mine also is edited by, yes. Big fan of the work of the Coog. The Coog. So we are going to start, Jen. I am going to read. I feel like it can sort of, the story is longer than I remembered it as a child. <laughs> Well, actually, I'm going to start in chapter 5, verse 32, which is the last verse of chapter 5. And then we'll start with chapter 6 and read on through chapter, I think, 7 and 8. We're not going to get to Noah's drunken nudity episode. Wait, what? why not? That sounds like the funnest part. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Believe me, we're going to get to that later. And uh, Claire and I have got to prep. Okay, you're right. It deserves a whole episode. To really focus in on it. We have some scholarly articles that uh, we need to prep beforehand. And we also have a lot of medieval fan drawings of it that we need to uh, prepare. All right, you've sold me. You've sold me on waiting. (laughs) Parody culture works. That joke didn't go over well. I don't understand the reference. (laughs) I stopped listening. What did you say? Jen said you sold me on waiting, and I said (laughs) parody culture works. (laughs) (laughs) See, this is why we need caffeine. We're operating on a bit of a delay. 
<laughs> yes, please help caffeinate our podcast and buy us a cup of coffee. Buy us a coffee, please, for the love of God. Now, Jen, I have a few our instructions thing. for you. All I don't right. know if you're able to be doodling at this point, but um, it would be fun if you could doodle your reactions. And then, you know, send the pictures to me. But what I mostly want you to think about is um, the differences between like popular culture images of this story. Did anyone watch the like 1950s Disney cartoon uh, or like, I don't think it was Disney. It might have been with Looney Tunes. I think I saw the one from the newer Fantasia movie of 2000. They had a bit on the, uh, the arc. Okay, there was a VHS tape that I watched at my grandparents' house that started, had three shorts on it. One was Noah's Ark. One was this like, story about two penguins falling in love and then a shark the attacks penguins? them <laughs> actually given your upbringing i don't think it was the gay penguins was it there is a uh walt disney's 1959 noah's ark yes okay you often see noah's ark motifs in nurseries and oh, stuff yeah. like i want you to keep that image in mind and like the animals two by two as we read the actual story All and right. think is this appropriate for young children okay I will start. Feel All free right. to interject whenever. I already have an interjection that will happen very soon. So but please go on. <laughs> After Noah was 500 years old, Noah became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When people began to multiply on the face of the ground. Okay. And we're in Genesis chapter six right now. And Noah is Adam's great, 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 great grandson or something like that. I'm skipping the reading the genealogy part because that's really boring. Sorry, it was Shem, Ham, and who? Japheth. J- what? Japheth. J-A-P-H-E-T-H. I can type it in the chat if you like. No, no, that's fine. It's just one of these names is not like the others, but okay. <laughs> He's not that important. You know, I like to know our main characters. So I, I write them down. Oh, stuff. we should have watched the movie that Emma Watson was in. There was a Noah movie that came out like five years ago emma watson was one of the son's wives hmm, i did not know okay hang on it came out in 2014 it's by darren aronofsky yeah i totally know who that is russell crowe is noah <laughs> russell crowe just doesn't seem like a good cast for a biblical type role but okay sure hey you know who else like uh what's his face the guy who was in Lethal Weapon. Mel Gibson, yeah. Mel Gibson, yeah. I really, I do have a very warm base spot in my heart for Lethal Weapon. I enjoy all of them. <laughs> and okay. especially the second one where what's-his-face is stuck on the toilet and there's a bomb. Back to Noah. The plot. When people began to multiply on the face of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair and they took wives for themselves of all that they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever, for they are flesh. Their days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is what I've been waiting for. I will probably get into them more on like a different episode, but I have to tell you that I am like mildly obsessed with the Nephilim because you know what they are, Jen? You know what they are? No, I do not know. <laughs> They're giant. Oh, like in the Green Knight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Are you getting? Are you getting it now? Are you getting yes. it now? <laughs> so giant. I do think the giants in the Green Knight were more were more related to like Nordic concepts uh, okay. and stuff. I don't know if they're necessarily the Nephilim per se but they might be I don't know I've only seen the movie I haven't read the role Wikipedia says that Jewish interpretations uh view them as the hybrid sons of fallen angels wow yes, okay which we will get to to whenever we do the devil a biography okay I didn't realize that angels be fucking mm-hmm. all right I'm gonna make a note of that on the side okay angels, angels be fucking <laughs> and also on the 120 years lifetime limit what you didn't hear in the long boring so-and-so was the son of so-and-so and he lived for x amount of years was that people were living for multiple centuries like noah's father lamech was 128 years old when he had noah and then he lived for 595 more years okay and noah himself is 500 years old yes and god's like okay this is getting ridiculous we gotta put a time limit on this all right. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went in to the daughters of humans who bore children to them. 
These were the heroes that were of old, warriors of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the human beings I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its width, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For my part, I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh, in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Yay, the creeps are back. <laughs> Two of every kind shall come in with to you to keep them alive. I do have a quick uh, interruption for most people who don't know what the fuck a cubit is. Ah, what is that in freedom units? <laughs> well, according to our favorite biblical part the ark encounter the bible tells us the length of noah's ark was 300 cubits it's width 50 cubits and its height 330 cubits now does this actually answer the question of how long is a cubit no but accordingly a cubit was supposedly the length from your elbow to like your wrist all right i mean that seems about as consistent as how we decided what a foot was still doesn't seem like a lot to get all the animals of the earth it'll be a cozy oh i take it back from the elbow to the tip of the longest finger but same same thing yeah same so every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female of the birds according to their kinds and of the animals according to their kinds and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind Two of every kind shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and store it up, and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. Chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and its mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air, also male and female, to keep their kind alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. That's a very short timeline for a construction project of that size. Well, yes, but... <laughs> No, no, no. The next. <laughs> I do want to say that I didn't scroll down on this website. So according to the Ark Encounter, the cubit to inches, it kind of depends what group. Hebrew is 17.5 inches. Uh, Hebrew long is 20.4. You want to tell me the difference between that? I don't fucking know, nor do I care. Oh, but uh, supposedly uh, Noah was 6'3". The next sentence is, Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came on the earth. So about 100 years have passed from the start of the story, too. That's a very weird timeline. Okay. So Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came on the earth. 
And Noah with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day, Noah with his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons entered the ark, they and every wild animal of every kind, and all domestic animals of every kind, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, and every bird of every kind, every, every bird, every winged creature. So did we just skip the domestication of wild animals as a civilization feature? Also, where are the dinosaurs? Well, I mean, this is how the dinosaurs went extinct. But, like, a, it does say like they brought wild and domesticated animals. So like, well, also I like how I was like, oh, these animals are so violent. I hate them. I'm going to destroy them. And it's like, yeah, like the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah those ones were the bad animals. But that was an asteroid. I just wanted to also state for the record that everything that you guys have quoted to me from the Bible at this point, anytime you hear go into or come into, um, has been used in a very different context. (laughs) (laughs) Entering an ark or entering a woman. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Are not ships feminine? (laughs) I suppose so. Oh, I also want to say that according to the Ark Encounter, they have chosen to use a cubit of 20.4. So they went with the bigger cubit, which makes the arc about 510 feet long and over 50 feet tall, which I have to say seems a little bit on the small side for me, but you know, whatever. Oh, you know, it's not the size of the arc. It's how you use it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Sorry, but I'm also not. <laughs> okay. And this is very similar to the boat that appears in the Epic of Gilgamesh flood story from ancient Mesopotamia. So they went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh, in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued 40 days on the earth, and the waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. So I guess it's floating. The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. The waters swelled so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters swelled above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, domestic animals, wild animals, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth and all human beings. Everything on dry land and whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground. Got it. And animals (laughs) and creeping things and birds of the air. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those that were with him in the ark. The waters swelled on the earth for 150 days. Since Claire is reading from this annotated edition, I have to... I have to say that one of the annotations is there is no geological evidence of a global flood like that described here. Are you telling me this didn't happen? They think it's more likely to be a localized Middle Eastern flood since there are similar flood epics that show up in like the Epic of Gilgamesh and other ancient Near Eastern stories. One theory is that there was actually an epic flood whenever the glaciers started melting that at the end of the ice age that there was just this like massive flooding and that it was such a traumatic event that like people remembered it and told stories about it for you know generations and then eventually the whole entire like mythos became created around it so some people propose a persian gulf flood or the black sea deluge which happened in the late quaternary history of the black sea but the fish were okay right yeah they were fine. They were well-behaved fish in the sea, and so they got to continue living. 
or I guess a bunch of rain, that would be diluting the salinity of the water. So there might be some issues with their respiration. If uh, they're used to living in a little heavier saltwater environment, and then you suddenly change into a freshwater environment. Likewise, the same thing kind of goes with a lot of the freshwater fish too. So maybe they did fucking die. Okay, we'll keep reading. All right. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed, and the rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. Like, where does it all go? I was watching Jen's face when you said the wind, about the wind was blowing the water away. (laughs) I could just see the thought bubble in Jen's mind, like, that's not how the water cycle works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I have a lot of follow-up questions already about... Like, I'm concerned about, like, the fact that there's only two uh, of each animal on the Ark and the inbreeding repercussions of that and weakening of the genetic pool. There's also more of the clean animals than the unclean. Uh Because some of them, they brought seven. Oh. Okay. Why? Why do some animals get seven and why do some animals get two? Because they're clean. that's what they said. Okay. Then, uh... Okay, okay. The um, the footnote says the provision of extra clean animals allows for the sacrifice that will occur in chapter eight. If only one oh. pair of each animal were taken, every sacrifice would eliminate a species. And in contrast, the priestly tradition oh. presumes that both sacrifice and the distinction between clean and unclean animals were not introduced until Sinai. Um, ah, so you still have to sacrifice because you got to sacrifice for those. Uh, there's a bit of retconning going on here. Also, it's a good thing that having seven left of a species instead of just two left is what guarantees the species survival. I'm pretty sure the World Wildlife Fund would have some problems with this. I have to say, from when I did genetics, there's like a bottleneck, a genetic bottleneck thing happening. Mm-hmm. If you cull the population that low, Claire's like almost done with chapter eight. So mm-hmm. I guess we can let Let's her. keep interrupting her. This is also her. ignoring like the human genetic inbreeding that potentially. I assume they're all going to fuck oh. their dad. it's gonna be like noah's wife conveniently dies and then the daughters are gonna be like hey dad-in-law no you're going the wrong direction sister oh okay anyways we'll talk about that later okay 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 right so okay at the end of 150 days the waters had abated and in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. But how does, how does it, re- like, so it's, it manages to drift onto the top of the mountain, but you can't see the top of the mountain for three months? Because it's like, the like a sandbar at first, it's still underneath the water technically, but, you know, there's a lot of animals weighing down the boat and stuff, so maybe it's riding a little bit lower in the water. A lot of biblical archaeologists have gone and, like, looked around mountains in Turkey to try and find this mountain and the oh. remnants of the boat. So Mount Arat is uh, real or not real? The region's real. Okay. Regionally real. There's a region in... It's a region in Armenia. Yeah. Also, uh, in the Epic of Gilgamesh, the boat rested on a mountain. So. This sounds like there's a little bit of plagiarism maybe going on. Pity they didn't edit while plagiarizing. Because um, this has got a lot of word <laughs> salad and repetition oh, going on. Did you know that the waters were deep and the waters were so very deep that all the animals died? And the depth of the water was such that all of the moving things on Earth died and things that breathed died because of the water being so deep? We got a bit more to get through. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jen slowly starts pulling her hair out, hair by hair. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven. And it went to and fro until the waters dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. So, so like, what happened to the raven? I guess we'll hear for nevermore. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for a Poe joke. I was waiting. Yeah. Don't have a lot of recollection of this story, but I was like, I don't remember a raven being in here, but okay. Yeah. Okay. But the dove found no place to set its foot and it returned to the ark for the waters were still of the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days and then he sent out the dove from the ark. 
And the dove came back in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf, so Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him anymore. Wouldn't the plants have, like, drowned, too? Yeah, I thought he made it pretty clear that everything was fucking dead because of the deep but water. It's, uh. it's everything that has the breath of life. So do plants not have breath of life? I mean, they, they do respire, okay. technically. I don't know if they knew that. Uh. <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe they don't count. Maybe they don't count because they do technically, like, intake carbon dioxide and expel oxygen. Mm-hmm. So maybe since they don't actually like, they don't breathe in oxygen, maybe then mm. they don't count as being alive. Maybe. I'm also concerned because with such a high salinity of, of the water or more salinity <laughs> in the water than all of the terrestrial plants would be used to, you would have a lot of soil that's like literally salting the earth. <laughs> yeah. I'm just imagining you, Jen, with like pH uh, <laughs> You're just like testing. You ain't growing shit here, bud. <laughs> you're just like looking up at god and you're like why are you such an asshole okay great you killed everything and you just killed us slower when y'all were in school did y'all like put the ph strips like in your mouth and stuff uh i don't think we put them in our mouth we just spit into a cup or something first and then we could dip it or whatever no we had to, we put them directly in our mouths that's what they told us to do one of my favorite field trips is going to the city <laughs> sewage treatment plant and uh, we got to do like a bunch of water <laughs> testing and stuff like that. And uh, as a special treat for us kids, we got a, a really large mason jar full of water. It was given to our, our teacher that had all sorts of fun things floating in it that they're like, oh, you guys might have fun testing this. I'm like, mm, I don't know if you know what fun is for middle schoolers, bud. <laughs> It looks like the world's worst snow globe. I mean, potty humor yeah. is fun at that age, so. It is, Sewage but water. at the time, it was not a pleasant um, olfactory experience. No, no. Okay, I'm going to skip some of the next, just so that we have time to get to the other arc. Perfect. The earth eventually dries up, and mm -hmm. God says they can leave the ark, and they bring all the things of flesh, birds, animals, and creepy creeps, and they're told to go out and be multiplied. Noah sacrifices some clean animals. And then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And then the Lord smelled the pleasing odor. The Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind. For the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. Nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Okay, what about global warming, though, caused by humans? Um, as long as the earth endures, cold and heat, summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. I'm going to skip a bit more. God goes on about how they're not supposed to eat flesh with its blood in it. They can eat green plants. I just want to end on the rainbow, though. Oh, yeah, the rainbow. <laughs> so God says, As for me, I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal on the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. I establish my covenant with you, and that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is a sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that it is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Okay, that just like said the same thing three different times. I just want to point out that God's Where's being a little specific with his words. He does say he won't kill us with a flood. He does not make any mention of just not killing everyone again with some other method. So still a little concerning. I like that they just say bow and they don't establish that it's a rainbow. I mean, it'd be raining for so long, maybe they just took for granted that it was a bow of the rain variety. 
Oh, I was thinking, is it supposed to be like a bow, like a hunting bow? That's also mm. sort of curved. The footnotes don't say anything about light refraction. Well, God damn it. <laughs> but this is where you get the protesters that are all mad about the gay pride rainbow because they're like, this is not the rainbow's original purpose. It's supposed to be a sign that God won't flood us and drown us. Hey, Bible people like that. A rainbow's just the refraction of light in water being made into a prism across the color spectrum. It's just light and physics. But sure, yeah, that's that's the problem. That's the only problem with this passage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Also, I just like randomly turned to a random page in Exodus and this, there's one sentence that just like popped out at me that I have to share with you because it says you should not boil a kid in its mother's milk yeah that's why you can't eat meat and dairy together in kosher oh I was thinking children okay but goats makes more sense yes uh Although I'm pretty sure there are some delicious Indian recipes that make use of, like, lamb being boiled in milk. I was literally thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was like, ooh, Indian food. So good. We didn't get into the biblical diet. Be kind of curious. We could have an episode about that, especially yeah. because in the New Testament, Paul has a dream that basically is why Christians don't follow the kosher laws. Okay. Because of a dream. All right. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else. Well, also, when it comes to kosher laws, we'll get one of our um, one of our Jewish friends to come guest for us, and they can explain it. God finding charring, burning flesh smell pleasing is a little disturbing. Hey, the smell of a nice roasted turkey, really good. So my great-grandmother, because my family was poor, for my grandmother and her siblings, for them to have, like, pillows and mattresses, my grandmother would pluck goose feathers hmm. and then stuff them and that's what they use for their pillows and mattresses and everything and my grandmother said that pretty much you would have to like not breathe around my grandmother when she was doing it because if you made any type of movement the goose feathers just went everywhere and uh yeah and then you're like breathing in goose feathers by interest, is a raven considered a clean animal? Because if that's the case, I have a feeling that the raven was smart enough to know not to come back to the ark <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> They're very smart oh. birds. Uh, See, I was just interpreting that it drowned because it couldn't find anywhere to land. You know, that's the more depressing version in my own little headcanon. It's just going to be the the raven's like, I got to get out of here before the shit hits the fan for, for me and my feathered friends. <laughs> <laughs> The great bird escape. The raven had it right. Okay. <laughs> the other arc. The Indiana Jones arc. Okay. So even though they made a covenant after sailing on this arc, this is not the arc of the covenant. <laughs> so the covenant between God and humanity through Noah is just about God not flooding the earth and killing everyone anymore. Okay. It's one specific promise. Yeah. It's very specific. The covenant through the Ark of the Covenant is specific to like Moses and the Israelites being special. Okay. Versus everyone else. All right. So it's a more narrow covenant. Okay. I think. Broad covenant, narrow covenant. Okay. Both have arcs. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. All right. Yep. So to set the stage. Have you seen The Prince of Egypt? The excellent... The animated one? Yes, the animated one. Uh, Probably once a real long time ago. Probably didn't make very much sense to me then. Claire loves that movie? I love it. Gonna teach a class about the representations of architecture and animated movies. And what's real and not real about Egyptian architecture and The Prince of Egypt. And it's gonna be amazing. There's a great wall painting scene where the crocodiles eat the babies and it's all oh i didn't catch the crocodile baby eating the first time around maybe we have to do a rewatch of this together at some point we will need to do like some sort of like group rewatch jen watches bible related things from childhood that went completely over her head that they were biblical really i have to say i've only seen the prince of egypt like a couple of times it was not my hunchback of notre dame let's put it that way that's true there's two kinds of people you're either a hunchback of notre dame kid or you're a prince of egypt kid this happens at the end of the prince of egypt when they've left egypt the plagues have happened they've crossed the red sea and now they're about to journey in the desert for a while, but mm-hmm. they don't know it yet. 
and they're at Mount Sinai, and Moses is going up to the mountain to get the stone tablets with the law on them. The Ten Commandments. All right, the tablet time. Tablet time. I have to say, I have seen the Charlton Heston, Charles, Charlton Heston, Charlton Heston version several times. I've seen that more than the Prince of Egypt. Hmm. So Moses is up on the mountains with the glory of the Lord and clouds. And Moses is talking to God about things. And God's basically giving Moses a bunch of specifications for, I'll just start reading. Exodus 25. The Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to take for me an offering. From all whose hearts prompt them to give, you shall receive the offering for me. This is the offering that you shall receive from them. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine linen. Goat's hair, tanned ram's skin. Fine leather, acacia wood oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil, and for the fragrant incense, onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and breastpiece, and have them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. In accordance with all that I show you concerning the pattern of the tabernacle and all of its furniture, so you shall make it. Question. I don't have a question. I just have a clarification. If people don't know what an ephod is or an ephod, or you can just you say me, it's it. fine. I didn't know it's what it is. <laughs> I don't really know Jen what it is either. Doesn't know. Oh, see, <laughs> I just read the word. Textile knowledge coming in clutch. <laughs> it's just like a, it's just like a liturgical garment. Okay. When they're saying that the onyx stones and gems be set in the ephod and for the breast piece, they're just saying for like the actual like temple garment that they would wear, kind of like a tunic. Are these like Mormon temple okay. garments? <laughs> um, let me see. It is. Do, 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 do. Uh, oh, blah, blah, blah. I mean, just to answer blah, my question, blah. no, because only priests wear them and not like. Yes, yes. It's only priests. Okay, so it's kind of like an apron. It's a blinged out apron. It is a blinged out apron mm -hmm. this passage is that god has the same taste as donald trump in terms of a little bit of ostentatiousness in his decoration and everything yeah it's like a little like overcoat that is like heavily decorated some of the representations kind of look like an apron and other ones are kind of like a little dress like a short sleeve dress over your long sleeve robe gaudy so and the tabernacle is like a big tent portable temple building, but it's portable so they can move it around mm -hmm. where they are because they're not in a fixed place right now. So, and God's giving a lot of details about everything that goes in it, starting with the ark. They shall make an ark of acacia wood. It shall be two and a half cubits long, a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high. You shall overlay it with pure gold inside and outside. You shall overlay it and you shall make a molding of gold upon it all around. You shall cast four rings of gold for it and put them on its four feet, two rings on the one side of it and two rings on the other side. You shall make poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold. You shall put the poles onto the rings on the sides of the ark by which to carry the ark. So I'm sure a lot of these former slaves have a just a ton of gold on their hands to be guilting um, everything. Actually, they took a bunch of stuff from the Egyptians when they left Egypt. Oh, I see. So they do. Okay. Um, the poles shall remain in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. You shall put into the ark the covenant that I shall give you. Then you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. You shall make two cherubim of gold. You shall make them of hammered work at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at the one end and one cherub at the other. Of one piece with the mercy seat, you shall make the cherubim at its two ends. The cherubim shall spread out their wings above, overshadowing the mercy seat with their wings. They shall face one another. They shall face one to another. The faces of the cherubim shall be turned toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on the top of the ark, and in the ark you shall put the covenant that I shall give you. There I will meet with you, and from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim that are on the Ark of the Covenant, I will deliver to you all my commands for the Israelites. But, like, do we have any actual excavated, like, we don't actually know what any of this really looks like. 
Oh God, man, these would be heavy. Does a mercy seat have a particular look, or is it just like a golden chair? Um, so Wikipedia says a golden lid, the caparet, translated as mercy seat or cover, is to be placed above the ark. So I think the ark is the box, and this is what goes on top of the box. Hmm. Okay, so it's just a fancy word for the lid. Yeah, and I think it matters for like religious ritual later on for like sacrifices and the day of atonement and stuff maybe this is all very gaudy i don't know i'm really questioning god's taste uh, all this this is a lot of gold and also being that god created the universe can he create his own pretty box it's a box right that's what we're basically making it's just a pretty box Yeah. yeah it's supposed to be veiled um the rest of the chapter has got well there's curtains but there's also like the table for the food and the temple and like plates for bread and cups and lampstands and oh yeah it's like a whole it's a whole setup it's all made of gold yes yes so we go on for about like three more chapters on like details of clothing and sacrifices and artisans can you just real quick tell me what sacrifice i would love to know what has to die in addition to all of this (laughs) valuable material I also want to show that there is an image of the setup. Ooh, we're getting into which internal organs? Um, <laughs> which is the best organ? Is it the heart <laughs> or the liver? Well, um, we talk about fat and liver and kidneys. Okay. Are are we slicing open the intestines to read the stars? No. Mm. Oh, that would be weird. Tom. Are we slicing up the? <laughs> Are we slicing up the intestines and burning them? Uh, Are we using them as condoms? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this just goes on for like several more chapters with details. Eventually, at some point, they get tired of Moses being up on the mountain and they make the golden calf. And <laughs> He's then... been up there for like five days. Well, it might be more like a month. Is he ever coming back down? I think he might be dead. What do we do now? Oh. So... The Ark of the Covenant, this is when it's made, but it shows up periodically throughout the various history books of the Jewish scriptures slash Old Testament. So in the book of Joshua, they march it around the city of Jericho, which is the childhood skit we did in my backyard. Yeah, they, they use it for destructive purposes, like marching around Jericho. So the city walls fall down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It just seems uh, like they could have opened it and melted all of their enemies' faces. But Claire, do you want to talk about the art disappearing and how it's in Ethiopia and yes. other potential theories? I'm pretty sure it's in Cairo. <laughs> And then it gets moved to a mysterious government warehouse. So we have some various references to the Ark in other parts of scripture, right? It gets captured. It's like the subject of various wars between the Philistines and shows up in the time of King David and in this temple that Solomon builds. And King Hezekiah, according, this is from Wikipedia, not the most scholarly I know, but it says King Hezekiah is the last biblical figure mentioned as having seen the Ark. So the Ark basically disappears um, sometime when the Babylonians conquer ancient Israel in around 587 BCE. And it's unclear whether the Ark was hidden before the Babylonians came and just like no one's ever found it since. Or it got destroyed and taken away to Babylon as booty. Um, Nice. (laughs) Like, there's different debates about that. If I saw this golden box, I would kind of be like, you know, these decorations are kind of odd. Why don't we just go melt this thing down and turn into currency? That is a a reason why a lot of metal things don't survive in the archaeological record, especially precious metals. Yeah, just very Um, recyclable, which I think, you know, in the grand course of history is kind of a good thing. In general, like pretty much textiles in general, like we have descriptions of gold thread textiles all the way back into like the ancient Assyrians and even farther back than that. And like you're saying is that it's really easy if you have an object woven with gold thread to just throw it into the fire and everything, like all the threads, everything, whatever, burns away and all you have left is, you know, the gold. Mm-hmm. So, but all this to say is that the Ark of the, the Ark of the Covenant had like, it was long gone by the time of Jesus and by the time um, 
when Titus is it Titus or Tiberius? I always get them mixed up. Titus. <laughs> I'm kind of an expert on this. I did uh, run my mouth anyways. I wrote an entire seminar paper about the Arch of Titus and sessions of um, treasure and booty. And that's mm. where my bae, Josephus, comes in. So Josephus was a Jewish historian who actually like worked for the Romans. Well, he was captured. So it was kind of like had to, but he wrote this like massive history of Judaism. And we have a lot of his writings because the Romans preserved it and it was and they made several copies and it was preserved all over the place. But Josephus was with Titus in what we now call the Holy Land, but then it was just like the Levant space. So okay, because it's on the Arch of Titus. The Arch of Titus shows yes. the plunder of Jerusalem being carried back to Rome. And it shows like, like the, carried through Rome, carried through Rome, um, and it yeah. shows like the candelabras and like menorahs and like the temple furniture, but there's no Ark of the Covenant on because they didn't remake it, right? Like no. So here's the thing: so Titus sacks Jerusalem in like seventy AD, seventy two. I don't know. There's like four different dates associated when he actually sacked Jerusalem, but what he did is whenever he burned the temple but that was the second time the temple had been burned and the ark was not there because the temple was destroyed before which was during the babylonian invasion and well according to ethiopian tradition is that the queen of sheba had heard from king solomon that he had a lot of wisdom anyways he sent the queen of sheba and king solomon had a kid and from which he brought Judaism to Africa and pretty much uh, Solomon anointed his son as the king of Ethiopia and then he instructed the elders of Israel to send their own sons to Africa to serve him as counselors and then because the young Israelites were unhappy they would never see Jerusalem and its temple again they decided to carry the ark with them and According to the Ethiopian tradition, the Ark itself had decided to leave Jerusalem because the Jews had abandoned the faith that God had revealed to them. So true Judaism and true Christianity is only in Ethiopia, by the way. Oh, okay. So it's supposedly the Ethiopian church says that they have the Ark of the Covenant. And they've shown it to everyone. No, they said they would, but then they said that That they they didn't. That they didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, Edward Ullendorf, who was a former professor of Ethiopian studies at the University of London, says he personally examined the Ark held within the church in Aksum in 1941 while a British Army officer. And he says they have a wooden box, but it's empty. Middle to late medieval construction when these were fabricated ad hoc. I mean, it is made acacia wood, so very burnable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like part of the whole tradition. But in all likelihood, like historically, Probably what happened is that the Ark, when the Babylonians invaded, they tore down the first temple of Solomon. And when that happened, they probably looted it and they took the Ark with them as war booty, as Claire said. Mm-hmm. And it was probably melted down or it was taken to Babylon and like put on like, oh, look at all this cool shit we got like from other places. So that's very probably likely what happened. I don't know if we have any Babylonian account about the Ark. We might. So the Ark would have been filled with, like, the tablets that uh, Moses brought down. Oh, I can answer this. Um, Okay. So eventually the Ark holds the two stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. And then some sources say it also contained Aaron's rod and a pot of manna. Manna being, like, the the bread that falls from the sky to feed the Israelites while they're wandering in the desert. I wasn't aware that there was sky bread. There is sky bread. Isn't there also sky birds that like... (laughs) A lot of sky birds, one might say. (laughs) (laughs) No. Not all of them. Not a lot of them. No, maybe not. For some reason, I thought manna was accompanied by... Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay. The Israelites complained about being vegetarians and only eating manna, so God sends them quail. Oh, quails are cute. To be fair, even as a vegetarian, bread is not enough to sustain oneself. It's very carb-heavy, too. Yeah, so supposedly, um, in the Babylonian conquest, there was a suggestion they took away the vessels of the Ark, but not necessarily the Ark itself. I personally think that if there was an Ark 
in general that it was uh, just taken by the Babylonians. But there's no record of the Ark in books of like the Book of Kings and the Chronicles. And the second temple, which is the one that Titus destroyed, yeah, there wasn't an Ark in there. But after Titus destroyed it, that's why they left the Temple Mount in Jerusalem blank because they said that the next time that they build the temple will be when the world ends slash when the real messiah comes Hmm. and this is why evangelicals are so invested in the state of israel Mm. in jerusalem but fun fact when islam rose to power in the seventh century they built the dome with a rock on Hmm. top because they built it over a rock that muhammad ascended into heaven from so even more why everything is so contentious and dirty. But doesn't the legend about Muhammad ascending into heaven come later after the Dome of the Rock's already been there? I thought that was more of an 11th century thing. That That is up for debate. I mean, that could be it, but there's like a whole thing about like the Martyria, um, Claire, you know, like where we have the other like yeah. similar type of shrines. Because Muhammad's night journey is in the Quran. So when he went on his night journey and then he ascended into heaven and no Jerusalem. no no the story's there but i thought its association with jerusalem and the dome of the rock comes a couple centuries later oh the probably, story doesn't actually yeah. say it just says he goes from like some place to the farthest place it doesn't say jerusalem or the rock mm-hmm. yes yeah it's retconned onto the dome of the rock yes and not explicitly stated as being there I should drive us back over these sand dunes back to Mount Sinai real quick. So while Moses is back <laughs> up on the mountain, why was the first thing that the people down below decide to bake is like a golden cow? Like, and also how do we know that it wasn't just a cool statue and not like an idol or whatever? Um, hang on, let me read the they were sacrificing to it. So oh. it was an idol. Wait, weren't they so... just bitching about having to be vegetarian? Why are you going around no, no, that's killing later. meat for your golden cow? And you're like, okay, so, so from Exodus 32, when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people, people gathered around Aaron wow. and said to him, come make gods for us who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them, formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And then Moses comes back and is mad. He really liked those earrings. I do want to say real quick, the reason why I don't want the rock significant, uh, not the Muhammad thing that I said incorrectly, that was added later and understood later, is that the rock is where Abraham attempted to sacrifice his son Isaac. So, fine. Sorry. That's another episode. Nothing problematic or worrisome about that. We've covered the arc part. And like its material properties and stuff, but the covenant part, what is it just the 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 Ten Commandments or whatever, or were there like other rules and promises that were made? So like God rescuing them from Egypt and taking them to the land of Canaan and milk and honey to have a place. I think that's part of it. Okay. Does he uh, take the golden cow situation well? Uh, he gets sort of mad. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he would react He sends poorly. a plague. Oh, okay. Just a little plague. Just a little plague. Okay. That seems just proportional. Plague. Thought you'd like a golden cow statue. I couldn't have just stuck that in with the art. We know how much you like gold. We made you a golden cow out of our earrings. See, but one of the commandments is that you shall not make graven images. So it's it's a double, double whammy. a double whammy. I don't think they were aware of that promise yet before. But uh, what about the, cher- but the cherubs on the ark don't count? But they're not worshiping those. They're just looking at okay. a chair lid. I don't know. I'm looking. Uh, the Wikipedia page had some Jewish medieval manuscript images of the Ark that I don't know if they have cherubs on it. They just look like a little box. Mm. I bet they don't. If Moses hadn't come down with the sacred iPads, then like, how would they have known about <laughs> the rule? <laughs> <laughs> the the rule about like hey don't make statues i hate statues so i just put an image from the uh they weren't supposed this... to get impatient oh this is from the morgan bible Ooh. 
But like, to be fair, it, sure, you don't want to get impatient, but at the same time, it's you can't just guess what wild ass rules Moses is just going to come back with and be sure not to do those things. Like, at some point, isn't there a lot of like foreskin cutting? Like, who would predict that? Oh, that does show up at the conquest of Jericho because not everyone had been appropriately like some some foreskins had not been cut. So it's um, a rough time. They have to catch up. Yeah, rough. <sighs> I, God, that would be terrible as a baby, let alone as a grown-ass <laughs> adult man in the era prior to anesthesia. Spunky yeah. agrees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. It just seems like getting mad over something that you were never told. You should get like a leeway period, maybe something less than a plague, but maybe like a slap on the wrist for being like, don't do that. Well, they had to wander the desert. Oh, that's just punishing the whole group for some people's fuck-ups. Come on. The teacher punishing the class because one student was a jackass. Talk about like punishing the class for like the fuck up of a few when I was in junior high I was at like a lunch table and pretty much an admin just happened to be like right next to us when we were at our lunch table and knew that we weren't being like too loud and that we were just like trying to eat our lunch and have like quiet conversation and the entire uh lunchroom for our grade they had to sit in silent lunch but since we had an admin right next to us, he was like, they were like, yeah, you're doing, you're, you you guys were good. And so he like separated our entire table. And so everyone else in the entire grade had to sit in silence while wow. we chatted and had not plain lunch. Like we could go to the snack bar and get like pizza rolls and shit and cookies. Just snack bar? And they had to, yes. What? It was called the snack bar. It was like more expensive junk food that like most people couldn't afford but like I knew people who would literally use their lunch money to buy a bag of hot Cheetos and a little thing of nacho cheese and that would be their lunch oh but they did have spicy chicken sandwiches that were more expensive too those were really Uh. good but yeah we we literally got to sit and um eat our shit food and like our regular food and talk and have like 200 kids stare at mm-hmm. there's a part later on in the book of second samuel where they're moving the ark from place to place and someone reaches out to study it because like the oxen trip or something but god gets mad that they touch it so he strikes them dead what? and no touchy what the fuck i was trying to like figure out like it's been a while since i've watched indiana jones so like uh-huh. they fall and take off the lid and all sorts of wacky ass shit yeah. pops out and it melts You're Nazis. not supposed to look at it and it melts off their faces. Yeah, and that's why like when Indy and uh, Marion are tied up, they, they close their eyes and like look away. They close their eyes and they're like, ah, and there's wind and stuff and then it closes. Mainly, you're not supposed to look at it whenever it's open. Yeah. Uh, apparently, you can't touch it even if you're trying to be helpful. Well, it's unclear whether it was covered with a veil while on the cart or um, if the veil slipped. Hmm. It just says, when they reached the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out his hand to the Ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him there because he reached out his hand to the Ark. I don't think Jim likes God. Uh, this God fellow seems like he really needs to go to an anger management class. <laughs> just has a lot of disproportionate reactions to things that is just like i got mad at humans for a while so i flooded the earth and killed everything not just the people but the women and the children and all the animals too i don't know never mind the children we're we having an anakin moment we are having an like... anakin moment and hate sand too gets everywhere got in his ark <laughs> <laughs> try to like steal the ark or like who's touching it to be helpful and so it didn't maybe fall down. maybe he wasn't clean i mean maybe but like what if it fell off the ox would god just destroy everyone in that particular country they happen to be walking in like or maybe it's like <laughs> god wouldn't let it fall or I, I don't okay free will or not free will you're gonna interfere or not interfere make up your mind god you're making yourself really hard to predict you can't intuit what you want god you either gotta be more laid back or you gotta just have the hand on the wheel at all times you can't just take your hands off to go do fuck all whatever you're doing <laughs> and then come back and get mad at people for taking the initiative on things this guy yeah this fucking guy so that's sort of all i had of we've got oh, okay two arcs two arcs two covenants hopefully a bit better explained yeah so an arc in a way is just like a vessel either literal in terms of a boat 
or figurative, as in a box that's just carrying things. Yeah. Are you going to make your own arc, Jen? Well, I don't want to boat, really. I don't really like boating very much. You get motion sick pretty easily. Yeah, maybe maybe a box. I guess I've made my own, like, jewelry box. Is that, like, the arc of my jewelry? Probably. Not going to be making any covenants anytime soon. Seems like uh, those can be pretty tricky. Well, you say that you can make a covenant with a future employer. I guess that's true. Hopefully, when I'm trying to do something that is helpful, I don't get, you know, immediately fired or anything because that's not exactly what the what the boss wanted. I expect a little bit more internal consistency within the organization. Well, you're about to also make a covenant with the university when you get your degree. That's true. Yeah. But did you know that there are some states in the United States, like Arkansas, where you can have covenant marriages that are, like, harder to dissolve than normal marriages? It's a covenant marriage. It's the Arkansas of the covenant marriage. Covenant marriage. Let's see. What does law.cornell.edu say? Um, A covenant marriage is an arrangement where marrying spouses agree that their marriage will last for the rest of their lives. It does provide for divorce in a limited number of situations, including adultery, physical or sexual abuse of the other spouse or a child, a spouse committing a felony, a spouse using illegal substances, both spouses living separately for one or two years. You have to get premarital counseling and before the wedding and if you're considering divorce. It's only recognized okay. in Arkansas, Arizona, and Louisiana. Okay, like I know it has a different name, but that pretty much sounds like an at-will divorce. Okay, okay. Okay, I found a comparative chart of contract marriage versus covenant marriage. Okay. So contract marriage is what I think most of us have, mm-hmm. maybe, between two people versus mm-hmm. in covenant marriage between three people. Hmm. Who's the third person, Jen? Who's the third person? Uh, well, I'm guessing if this is biblical and shit, then you're making the contract between you, your spouse, and God. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool. And then contract marriage, I seek my best interest. Covenant marriage. I seek God's will for our best interests. Contract marriage, we negotiate terms between two people. Covenant marriage, we serve each other. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's perfectly equal in every way. Just split 50-50. Contract marriage, I keep a record of performance. Covenant marriage, I keep no record of wrong. Um, I'm doubting that. I'm very strongly doubting that you just forgive and uh, forget and only think of the good parts. Yeah. Contract marriage, I punish failure. Covenant marriage, I forgive failure. Oh, by the way, this like image is from like a like, religious site, but... A lot of the Duggars got covenant marriages. And everything turned out fine with them. No sort of scandals of abuse or neglectfulness or anything problematic with that. I have to say, I just want to like bring back one thing since we did talk about Noah's Ark today. And that is the Ark Encounter. Ah, yes, our favorite... entry fee for one single adult biblical theme park and museum. And I do want to say that when it comes to the animals, two of every species, question mark? No. Species is a term used in the modern classification system. Oh, that's that's the problem. That's where the crap and logic is, duh. The Bible uses the term kind. The created kind was a much broader category than the modern term of classification species. Mm-hmm. So, to two of every kind, which would have meant that you wouldn't have preserved all the different species of horses, for example, that were out what there. What is a kind? Oh, okay. Sure. The biblical concept of created kind, probably most closely. Literally, it says probably most closely. Yeah, sure. Just pick the answer that serves you best. Corresponds to the family level in, in current taxonomy. A good rule of thumb is that if two things can breed together, then they are the same created kind. Claire is dying. It is a bit more complicated, but this is a good, quick measure of a kind. So if things that can breed together are the same kind, wouldn't that mean that, like, you wouldn't necessarily get two lions and two tigers, but you just get one lion and one tiger and assume that they can breed each other and you get a liger or a tigon? Okay, okay, okay. I have more. There's more. Uh, Okay. Okay. Variety within kinds. There can be a tremendous amount of variation within a created kind. 
For example, various types of dogs, such as wolves, dingoes, coyotes, jackals, and domestic dogs, can often breed with one another. When dogs breed together, you get dogs. So there is a dog kind. Does that make any I, fucking sense? I no. just can't. No, that does not make I, any fucking sense. I need a drink. I'm sure you do. I've, I have one more thing I need to read. Good. I have one more part of my brain that can break today. Before before we need to uh, lubricate Claire. Mm-hmm. Was every kind of animal in the art? The Bible states that Noah's cargo was limited to land-dwelling animals, and which was the breath of life, which we've heard today. No, no, there were birds there. They're immediately wrong. I know more about the Bible than them. This clearly excludes fish and other sea creatures, and it probably excludes it probably excludes the insects and other invertebrates. Now nah, there were definitely some termites in that boat. Where's the bees? Where's the bees? Bees. Well, you have to have flowers. No plants on the boat. Um. When we get to our Noah's drunkenness episode, he plants a vineyard after the boat lands. So was there a seed library on board? Mm. Things to Ooh. know. I mean, they do bring a bunch of food. So I guess seeds, but... That's making me hungry. But they didn't mention the birds. And there's tons of birds. Are they kind? It's like, oh, Yeah. So if we have two birds, that means the dove and the raven could have mated, and then that was all we needed, because so. we had... I think they're too far separate. Two kinds. I don't think they can hybridize. You You could do, like, doves and, like, pigeons. They're probably, like, the same little... Jen, um, species are, are modern, fake uh, Okay, I'll put it things. in their language. Doves and... <laughs> Pigeons are like first cousins that can have sex with each other and technically can have kids. They will have problems, though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. On that note, thanks for listening. Yeah. Until next time. Yeah, have fun unpacking that. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.